The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Now in the Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour, I am Josh Dunn. I am joined, as always, by Anshu Khanna. Anshu, week six is upon us. Your Packers are back in action. There is a lot to unpack here. Uh, to react to week five, obviously, we'll get to a few of the storylines there, and then uh, we'll get to the, the betting lines on BovadaSportsBook.com later in the show. But how are you, my friend? Pretty good. We're about done with this week. We're recording a day late, which apologies for that. That's on me. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think because we don't have a Thursday night game, hopefully it's a little bit more of a, like a, I don't know, a comprehensive show. You got time to, if you actually care about what we have to say, you have time to make decisions off that or avoid it, as it were. And uh, yeah, it should be good. It should be good to get back. And shockingly, no COVID scares really this week. Well, we did have or, one <laughs> report today with the with the Falcons, but uh, we don't know if there's going to be any repercussions. They did shut down their facilities earlier today, but uh, it remains to be seen if there will be any delays in games. But mm-hmm. yeah, there, there there certainly is uh, that always to worry about. You just never know. It could be Saturday morning that uh, you see a positive test or, or what have you. So we'll we'll definitely. Uh, We'll definitely keep our ears uh, out for that. But we wanted to touch on some of the big storylines from week five. Um, you know, I think one of the big storylines that has kind of carried over now here into to the, the pre-week six is the Chiefs ended up losing last week to the Raiders. It seemed like the Raiders kind of had a good blueprint. Um, you know, Derek Carr had his probably best game of the season, I would say. And the Raiders just, just they just did a really good job against this Chiefs team, Ruggs comes back from injury, has a big game, just two catches, but 118 yards and a touchdown in this one. Jacobs did a lot of work on the ground to kind of keep them in front. So the Chiefs dropped their first loss of the game or of the season. They're now four and one. The Raiders improved to three and two. I think there's a couple things here. I mean, the Chiefs look beatable. I, I think we saw them looking beatable, mm-hmm. which we t- touched on when they played the Chargers. But the Raiders maybe are actually good, or do you think this is a fluke? So I wanted, I wanted your thoughts on kind of both of the storylines here with the Chiefs and the Raiders. Yeah, I mean, I think it's hard. There's two games overall this week that just seemed like total, like, I don't know if fluke's the right word, but definitely kind of like out of the realm of, of what I would expect. And one of them certainly was this one. Raider, I mean, the Chiefs still hung 32 on them. But yeah, I mean, the Raiders, you know, they've been so Jekyll and Hyde, like, dominating the Saints in that game, or not dominating, but, you know, winning this that game against the Saints was so shocking, and then to do what they've done here again this week against a division opponent on the road, um, you know, while in the meantime, in between those, like, losing to the, the Patriots at, or by, like, two touchdowns, losing to the Bills, I mean, maybe they are good. Like, you know, those it's not like they're losing to, like, terrible teams, and so, um, you know, definitely putting a pin in the Raiders, but I haven't been overly impressed with Josh Jacobs um overall like expected him to do a little bit more i think that what's impressive to me is Derek carr letting loose 347 yards obviously a lot of that going to henry ruggs on the 120 yards on two catches but 
Um, you know, I, like, I think we just, it's kind of like a wait and see. I mean, you remember early last season, the Raiders looked really good too. So um, we'll have to see, but I, I do think, you know, I'm sure we're going to get to this, but the chiefs, their move, like this is, I, I, I mean, what, what are your thoughts, I guess, on what the chiefs did this week or today or like five minutes ago and like what, and you know, how, how that might impact them because they seem to be the best offense anyway, basically in football. Does this move the needle for them at all? Yeah, so that's a perfect segue. You know, the Jets, um, you know, they, they bring back Bell, living on Bell off the IR this past week. He was clearly upset about his, uh, you know, his workload in that game. He's been disgruntled with the Jets. They tried to trade him in the offseason. Their former GM was the one who signed him, and he's gone. He gets fired. So mm-hmm. the new GM and coach had nothing to do with Le'Veon Bell being in New York. He makes $28 million in 18 games there. And now he's released because they couldn't find a suitor for him in a trade. And who would want to trade for somebody that was grossly overpaid in free agency by a team that is the absolute laughing stock of the league. So they released bell on Tuesday. He basically narrowed his search down pretty quickly. Uh, there was a lot of speculation that he would go back to the Steelers and there was about five or six teams that were, were talked about, but he narrowed it down to three teams as of yesterday. And we're recording here on Thursday, but he narrowed it down to the bills, dolphins, and the Chiefs. And earlier today, he narrows it down to the two teams, which are the Dolphins and the Chiefs. And it sounded like the Dolphins were throwing some money at him, uh, were willing to offer him a two-year deal. He ends up signing a one-year deal with Kansas City, which football sense, football-wise makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, it's, it, Do you want to be a, a, a bell cow running back, which he probably would have been slightly more of, I would say, in Miami? I, I think he'll have the opportunity to maybe uh, be the you know the early down back and, and definitely the pass catching back in Kansas City as well. But you're going now to a team on a one-year deal who has an opportunity to be the best offense without you, and now you're mm-hmm. added to a stable where you have uh, Clyde Edwards-Elair, who's, who's been good, but I don't think he's been, at least from a fantasy standpoint, he hasn't been as good as, as a lot of fantasy owners had hoped, especially with goal line opportunities. I mean, he just, mm-hmm. he's a little guy. He, he's not done as well between the tackles. And I think that's one of the things before his Jets tenure that Le'Veon Bell did so well. You, you know, he's got that patient style where he waits for his blocks and then he hits the hole. And I think that he has an opportunity to to truly revitalize his career. And I think he sees that, that offense as an opportunity to, regardless of whether or not Miami was going to give him a little bit more money now, I think he sees it as an opportunity now to, to be on the best offense in the NFL, to be playing with the best quarterback in the NFL, probably win a ring, and then prove that he still has worth to get potentially another deal. I mean, he's only 28 years old, obviously has seven years in the league, but he set out an entire season holding out, deciding not to sign the franchise tag for the Steelers. So there's there, there's a lot here. And I, I just, when you look at potential landing spots for a guy like that who, I mean, mid-season, you don't see that level of talent often. I mean, he's been to three Pro Bowls. He he had, uh, I think it was uh, 1,800 yards, three out of the five years he was in uh, Pittsburgh, total yards, uh, 1,200 mm-hmm. rushing, 600 receiving, three of the five years he was there. So that's that's substantial, and the Jets have just been so, it's just so, so bad, and Adam Gase just did a, such a bad job of utilizing players. I mean, we saw Jamal Adams leave disgruntled. We saw Robbie Anderson go to the Carolina and be a, completely revitalize his career this year under Matt Rule in Carolina, and now Le'Veon Bell has an opportunity to leave here a few games into the season, the three of which he was injured, and now he goes, has an opportunity to go to, to, uh, to Kansas City, and he'll have an opportunity to play against these Jets here in a few weeks too. So it, 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 it's just, I, I don't know, I can't, I can't think of a better situation for Bell. You make all that money in New York, 
and then you get what exactly what you want by being released. And now you go to the best team in the NFL with the best offense in the NFL and have an opportunity to potentially, I, I think, I think eventually if it's not a even split with Edwards Elaire, I think he'll probably get 50 to 60% of the work at least. Yeah. I mean, well, like, here's the thing. I, I don't necessarily know that it's not going to be a massive overlap. The first, as you were going through that, the thought, thought I had was Kareem Hunt and the idea of using him, you know, out wide the way the Browns did heavily late last season in, in particular. And, you know, they can use both those guys in so many different ways. And then you think of their receivers. I mean, they're like basically running backs in many scenarios. So like, and, you know, Edward, and Bell in his past, especially with the Steelers, would be lined up creatively outside as a receiver, as a slot. And, you know, I, I just think that they'll be able to support both those guys. And I, I mean, I think that's a it's a fascinating story that he would go to the Chiefs because it couldn't have been for that much less than what maybe than the Dolphins, but not than what like the Bills were offering. So to me, it's, you know, it's an opportunity that he sees. And I'm sure Andy Reid told him, like, if you're any good, we'll use you in ways that, you know, will will prop up your value going forward. And I think that that's that might and it's not out of the realm that he ends up staying or that he ends up, you know, as a 28, 29 year old with a lot of miles on his legs, maybe ends up, you know, playing that sort of not second fiddle role, but sort of co running back role. And I mean, that's a great way to extend your career as we're seeing from guys. And again, I just I go back to Kareem Hunt because I think that that's that's the type of, you know, like impact that he has the potential of, of showing and supporting in this offense. And especially with Sammy Watkins out, I just think that there's they're going to there are people that are going to be able to get touches in this, you know, in this offense. And like if you think of it from a Chiefs perspective, they're just so loaded, like to have to prepare to your point like this. This guy's a mega talent, like. To have to prepare for that guy if he shows any semblance of what he had before is just a whole other headache that you have to deal with with the Chiefs. Yeah, it's – I mean, they, I, I think Edwards Elaire, you know, he, that first game he starts out and he, he, he breaks out and has a huge game in that first game. But, you know, it, it just – he hasn't been quite the revelation that I thought – I think a lot of people expected him to be. And I, I'm not saying he hasn't been good. He has been good. But – I just I feel like this is gonna this is not only gonna give Le'Veon Bell an opportunity to revitalize his career. I think it's also gonna help Edward C. Lair. Yeah, I just agreed. I don't think he's uh you know ready to be a, a feature back. And you look at you know Darrell Williams and you know the guy they, the guys that this this Chiefs team is, has behind him, there just isn't a ton of talent there. And, and they've been banged up quite a bit. So now you bring in a guy who you know is, is healthy off of an injury. He's, he's relatively fresh because they haven't used him much in New York and. He has an opportunity to be a part of such a great offense. I just I can't think of a better football fit for 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 Le'Veon Bell, and I just it scares me what this offense now you know improves to after already being as as just unstoppable as they have been. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I, I'm anxious to see what it looks like because I, I don't think that Andy Reid makes a signing and takes it lightly. You know, like I think that there's there's a plan in place, which is frightening when you see some of the stuff he's schemed up for that offense last few weeks. Yeah, really best years. offensive coach in the league, best quarterback in the league, best offense in the league, and now you have Le'Veon Bell uh, on top of that. So um, interesting. I mean, it, I, I think that uh, 
I think, you know, we were anxious. I, obviously, I made a trade for him in, in our league a few weeks ago, and it had no real expectations for what to what to expect out of out of Bell other than hopefully get some some PPR points. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, this, this changes now. So, it, it, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it progresses, but I think it's a great signing, and it, it works out well for both sides. Uh, other storylines from last week, um, obviously we had – uh, the, I think the other game you were hinting at when you said that there were two games that were kind of fluky, the other one had to be Dolphins-Niners, right? Yes. Yeah, so was. so exactly. I, I think it's 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 a question worth asking. Are the Niners completely dead at this point? Because obviously they've been dealing with the injuries. Uh, you know, Garoppolo comes back from an injury and just looks absolutely, absolutely terrible. And, I, and, and mm-hmm. you know, I've been critical of Garoppolo in the past, and I think you have, uh, you know, agreed oh, that yeah. he's somewhat average. But the Niners just, I mean – they're, they're getting a little healthier, but to lose that badly to a team that, as as I think mediocre is probably a good word as the Dolphins are, I think mm-hmm. they're better this year. And, you know, Fitzpatrick is like week to week is like, uh, well, he could have one bad game and not, not be the quarterback anymore. But he goes in to San Francisco and throws three touchdowns and 350 yards, and they really didn't even have to do anything in the second half. It, were, it was already just a, such a severe blowout. So they're just kicking mm-hmm. field goals when they could easily be going for first down. So... Are the Niners dead? And you don't have to spend too much time on it, but I just want to hear your thoughts on this team right now. I mean, I truly think that their Super Bowl hopes are dead. Like, I I thought that when Nick Bosa got hurt, it really put them behind the eight ball. But, you know, you still give them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt just because, you know, you respect Kyle Shanahan so much and you just assume that sort of what they had going would carry over. And, you know, they are getting healthier, but I – I truly don't see a scenario barring wild injuries where where they win this where they win the NFC like and in their division alone just look they're already three back right like they're 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 screwed in the NFC West and now you know in a seven team playoff scenario I mean of course I doubt that anyone would want to play them but are they going to make it like they're they're already way behind everybody else in my mind and um, you know, again, I, you know, credit hat tip to, to, uh, Shanahan, but like, you know, they're, they're, they've got permanent injuries too. And like you said, Garoppolo looks horrendous and you just wonder, like, I assume Beathard will start this week, but who knows, maybe it's Garoppolo. I just, they're, they're in a bad spot. And, um, I feel like this is going to be one of those, like, kind of like when the Rams didn't make the playoffs after McVay was a revelation last year, like, I could see that being the Rams' reality or uh, the Niners' reality this season. Yeah, I think that's a good comparison, and you know I, they'll still be probably a playoff team. To your point, aren't you? I just don't. I don't think they can be competitive in in a playoff. And all it takes is you know one or two more injuries. And if Jimmy Garoppolo is still banged up or that ankle's not healing up as quickly as they hoped, you know he, he's not he's not great regardless. But you take away his his you know his his plant foot and. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You saw what happens. I mean, he, he, there were just some absolutely terrible passes that got intercepted in that game. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I mean, they've they've got time to turn it around. They're they're only at uh, two and three, right? Um, mm-hmm. So they they've got time, but it it, uh, it doesn't look good for them. Let's let's touch on the one other big story from last week, and then we'll kind of uh, get to our preview here. But uh, Dak Prescott. I mean, everybody knows what happened. Uh, the the compound fracture. Everybody except Tony Romo knows what happened. Um, but, but just a, a terrible injury. You hate to see it from such a good guy. Everybody's talked about it all week, but what does this mean for the Cowboys? I mean, we've talked about how bad the Cowboys have been. They come back, they rally around Dak Prescott and they end up winning this game in kind of a ugly fashion against the terrible giants team. That's now 
0-5. But they bring in Andy Dalton, and Andy Dalton, you know, I've always said if he has a good good offensive line, he could be a, a solid quarterback in this league. And he was at times with the Bengals when they had that. But he comes in and, and throws a couple of long passes to Michael Gallup down the stretch, and they end up winning with a long field goal. But do you think – I mean, we, we already said the Cowboys were a mediocre team. Do you think that there's a huge drop-off now from Dak to Andy Dalton, and where do you think they go going forward? I, I don't know that there's, like, a massive drop-off in talent, honestly. Like, I, I do agree that Dalton is a totally capable quarterback. Like, again, we, we're talking about Jimmy Garoppolo. You can't tell me that Dalton is, like, way worse than Garoppolo or anything. I, the, but the problem is that he doesn't have – what Garoppolo had defensively last year. And Tyron Smith is also out for the season. Like they're, they are majorly behind the eight ball. Like everyone looks at those weapons and you know, the, the high flying video game offense. And it's, it's fun. It's great for fantasy, but it doesn't necessarily win games. And we saw it took a miracle for them to beat the Falcons. You know, like, I mean, they, I, I just, I don't know. I like, they can win that division because it's so bad, but like that, God, the NFC East looks so, so terrible, as you called out many weeks ago, I feel like now. And, um, you know, it's it's a cool story. It's a great chance for Dalton. I think I saw someone compare his potential season to Ryan Tannehill. Like, I mean, he has the chance to rebuild his stock in a major way going forward. But, you know, like first year, new offense, I, I'm just not, even with those skill position players, I'm not, I'm not bullish on them. Like, I don't see the end game being more than maybe – eking out a horrible division at 500 or so and then losing in the first round. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I do think I, – I do agree that it's not a huge drop-off in talent, though, and I, I think that he'll be serviceable, but that defense is just so, so bad that it – I don't mm-hmm. think it I don't think it moves the needle too much either way. I think that the biggest loser here is, is Dak because he was waiting on that contract, and now, you know, this mm-hmm. isn't an easy injury. It's a, you know, four to six months until you're even – you know, the bone is recovered and then you got to work your way back through rehab. I just, you know, you feel bad because he probably deserves to get, especially the way he started playing this year, right? I mean, he threw for 450 yeah. yards, three of the first four or five games, five games that they had. And, and now yeah. it's, you know, you, you're thinking potential MVP candidate, if they could start to turn their season around and win games. Now we're looking at somebody who's not going to see the field again. And, and who knows, you know, uh, they, they, it was uh, Jerry, what's Jerry Jones' son's name? He came out and said that Stephen yeah. Jones, yeah, he came out and said that uh, Dak's still a part of their future plans. And, and uh, but you never know. I mean, it's a business. And of course, you say things like that to, to make it look good. But well, like, that's the thing. If they go in the tank and, you know, they're in a spot to draft a really good quarterback. I mean, I, I do think that they're they're probably looking at Dak, And I don't think they'll be that bad for the record. But if it if it were to happen, sure. like can you pass on the chance to take a guy, you know, for free, basically given some, uh, some of the huge salaries on their payroll and, you know, and, and I mean, it wouldn't, I wouldn't fault him. You know, we've seen other guys, like we saw the Eagles take Jalen hurts in the second round. Like it's not a crazy thought to think that if Packers, five, Jordan Love. I, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a hard thing to come <laughs> back from with the Jalen yeah. hurts. Um, not Jalen, but yeah, that, that was, I don't know. I, I feel like it's going to be a tough spot for the, the Cowboys to be in if they're in that position. But again, I think it like, I choose to think that, I, I mean, I, I do believe that Dalton's going to have a good run here statistically at least. And that the Cowboys are no worse than like a seven and nine team at the end of the year. Yeah. I, I'm in agreement with you there. All right, real quick, before we get to the preview, uh, the, the night games were interesting. I don't want to go into detail on them, but you had the Seahawks coming back. The Vikings have it in hand. You have the Chargers missing a doink field goal 
in regulation and the Saints coming back to win on Monday night. And then Tuesday night, the Titans, half the team has COVID. They come out and absolutely destroy the Bills, win 42-16. So, I mean, obviously some surprises there, but uh, the Seahawks and Saints win games that they probably shouldn't have. And those are huge games for both of those teams, especially for the Saints, improving to 3-2. and two. And, uh, yeah. you know, Justin Herbert, the night that he had. So we'll touch on those storylines as we go through these previews. But before we do that, just want to let you guys know that support for the Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you with the best tools for your grooming experience. I know, aren't you? Uh, we talk about our, our grooming below the waist a lot. A lot. And, uh, All the time. And I, I remember the, the old days where we were using razors and you'd have the razor burn, and it just wasn't a pleasant experience. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Their third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to advanced skin-safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes, so you can take a longer shave. Wow. The, the waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower, and one of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates the grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience, experience this yourself firsthand. Trim that junk of yours. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANTASYHOUR at manscaped.com. Trust me, your balls will thank you. Once again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code FANTASYHOUR at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Just use the code FANTASYHOUR. All right, Anshu, let's get back to football. We've got week six on the horizon like you said, so far, no games postponed due to COVID. We do have a few bye weeks this week, but we've got some big football action. No Thursday night game, as you mentioned, to start off the show. That's why we're well, part of the reason we're recording here on Thursday. No, no big game tonight. Um, we're going to look at Bovada to get all the lines for you guys, and we're going to start out with Atlanta and Minnesota, which is the one game that there could be a postponement to. But it was, it was one test. It, it didn't sound like it was a – player it sounded like it was a staff member but they did shut down atlanta's facilities and it's so late in the week that you just never know how this is going to play out Mm -hmm. so if the game does get played minnesota comes in as a four-point favorite we talked about them blowing that that game against uh, seattle they had an opportunity to kick a field goal go up by eight seattle drives down the length of the field after stopping them on fourth down dalvin cook gets hurt he probably isn't going to play this weekend either way because they have a buy on the following week so without Dalvin Cook, do you think this line is fair here on Bovada at four points Minnesota's way at home? I mean, the assumption, I guess, is that the Falcons are in full mail-in mode without Dan Quinn now. I kind of think it's the other way. Like, I would pick the Falcons with the points um, just because, like, these teams are such mirror images of each other. And it's crazy because, you know, we talked about the Vikings being dead, or at least I did, like, a couple weeks ago. And you know, they were they were looking at two and three dead in the face with a huge road win over the Seattle Seahawks that they had to expect that they couldn't get. And, you know, they're in that spot. Totally different scenario. Now, one and four without Cook, like you say, um, you know, it's not an easy place to be. But I think that they'll be able to salvage this, even with Alexander Madison, who is, you know, if not the best, you know, uh, back up in football, then win the top three to five. So, I don't think they'll lose a whole lot going from Cook to Madison, and I do expect the Vikings to win just by less than four. 
Yeah, I think this will be a, a close game. I think the Vikings, they need a statement. They need to beat this Falcons team. And we could be talking about a lost season for the Vikings if they don't. And mm-hmm. with the Falcons, you, you don't know. You still have Julio Jones, who is very questionable to come back from injury this week. He hasn't practiced this week at all. You know, Calvin Ridley did have a nice bounce back game after zero catches the week before. Uh, but Matt Ryan hasn't looked very good these last few weeks. I don't know what happened. Uh, you know, he, he tends to be yeah. pretty productive regardless of what the defense is, is doing in games. But he, especially this past week, he, I mean, he just he just hasn't looked as good. So he'll, ha- he'll have to get things just figured totally out. totally misfiring. Like, and then, you know, the week before, zero catches for Ridley, the bagel. I mean, that right. that is very un-Ryan-like, I agree. Yeah, so uh, obviously when you look at the records of these two teams, not really a game to to keep an eye on. But when you look at the talent on the field, regardless of whether or not Cook and Julio are out there, there's still a ton of ton of fantasy implication here in this game. So, mm-hmm. uh, and and obviously both teams absolutely desperate for a win, like you mentioned, aren't you? So uh, we'll we'll keep an eye on that one. What about Baltimore at Philadelphia? Baltimore road favorites, eight points here on Bovada. The Eagles. Another team trying to get healthy. They should get Alshon Jeffrey back here soon. Deshaun Jackson's been working his way back from an injury. And Jalen Rager, it sounds like, is going to be at least one more week. But the Eagles, you know, they, they have a gauntlet of a schedule to start this year. And obviously they only have the one win against San Francisco. They have the tie with the Bengals. I don't know if it's going to get easier here with Baltimore. What are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I agree. But I will say this, and you can speak to it having watched that Bengals game. I know that was a blowout, quote-unquote, but, like, the Lamar Jackson does not look right to me. Um, I, I don't know, especially when you compare it to, you know, the way he was looking late last season against those Bengals. I mean, it was, I guess it was early in the season, but either way, like he is just not running the way he was running. Um, you know, he is missing throws, particularly to Marquise Brown, but to both Brown and Andrews. And I, I am concerned about the Ravens. I like the Eagles to cover here. I think they're getting healthier. I do expect the Jacks to be back and, you know, I, I think that there are flashes of the, for the Eagles. Like, I thought that they they played pretty well against what appears to be, much to your chagrin, a very good Steelers defense. To hang 29 on them is, you know, more than you would expect out of this offense to date. And um, I, I don't know. I think that, that I think that the Eagles can, you know, potentially spring the upset even here. I just, I don't know. I've got a weird vibe about this game and about the Ravens season in, in general. Yeah, and the Eagles, you know, a lot of people, a lot of chatter about maybe Le'Veon there, and and uh, yeah, Doug Peterson was... came out and basically said we're we're good with Miles Sanders. He's our he's our three down back. We like the guys we have. So and and especially on the heels of the game that he had last week, he had that big seventy six yarder or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, big game out of him. And then Wentz had the mistakes. You know, still didn't have a ton of time, but he did make some big plays last week. To your point, aren't you? So I I I, I don't hate it. I just. I, it's hard for me to to be firm on anything positive about this Eagles team or really anybody Agreed. in that division. So even though I could see them covering, I could also see Baltimore, you know, coming off the mat and 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 obviously not coming off the mat after a twenty seven to three game is kind of a hilarious. <laughs> but they they weren't happy with the way their offense performed. Obviously, the defense mm-hmm. pitched a shutout and made Burrow look like the rookie he is, but. This this Baltimore team probably wants to make a statement here against Philadelphia, so I, I could see them being aggressive offensively. So I, I, to your point, I think it could happen. I just I don't have a lot of faith in anybody in the NFC East this year. Yeah, it's fair. All right, let's move on to the Bears and Panthers. Uh, another team that Le'Veon was was rumored to go to, the Chicago Bears. Uh, they're going to roll with David Montgomery. They go on to, to Carolina as one and a half point underdogs here, looking at Bovada. Low number here at forty four and a half. Carolina really starting to pull things together. They uh, 
they're three and two. They start the year zero and two. And and Teddy Bridgewater, I mean, this guy looks phenomenal these last few games. Totally agree. Three and zero without CMC. How about that? That's wild. Um, they, I mean, they like the Panthers are a dangerous team in that division that has a bunch of teams that want to make the playoffs, obviously, or, or planned on making the playoffs coming into this year. And then, you know, like I think Bridgewater and the aforementioned Justin Herbert have been probably the two most singularly impressive players coming based on like what I thought of them coming into this year to me. Um, like they like Bridgewater looks like he has a second life here with Matt rule. And then, you know, Robbie Anderson has just been incredible as you can speak to. I mean, it's been unreal what they've done. And then when you inject CMC back into this lineup, probably next week, not this week, it, it's only going to add to it. And, you know, and, Mike Davis, like this guy is an RB one in fantasy. And um, like, as long as CMC is out and you got to look at Joe Brady as you know, a big time head coaching candidate for next year, for sure. Yeah. I, I guess I, I'm pretty surprised by the way, both of these teams, I know we're focused on the, the, the way Carolina and Teddy Bridgewater have played and you know, all the guys yeah. really, I, it's amazing to see Robbie Anderson basically taking the, the number one spot from, from DJ Moore. Although DJ Moore did have a great game last week. But yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's 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 just it's wild to see what they've done. But also the Bears. I mean, we, we didn't touch on it, but they beat Tampa Tampa Bay yeah. uh, last yeah. week. And you know, obviously Tom Brady forgets what down it is, and um, you know the 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 Bucks really let that one slip away. But that's an impressive win for the Bears. They got big stops when they needed to at the end of the game. I, this is like one of those are we sure they're good games? Like I just. I don't believe in the Bears at 4-1. and one. I don't believe in the Panthers necessarily, but I think the trajectory the Panthers have been on recently, I actually think that this is a fair line at 1.5 for, for Carolina. I think they're going to win this game outright. I, I really do. How often do you see it where, like, everyone agrees that a team shouldn't be the record they are? Like, everyone knows the Bears aren't the 4-1 and one team. But you got to give credit where due, as you as you did. Like, I mean, at the end of the game, they've been in the lead – multiple times where it felt like they just they snatched victory from the jaws of defeat and you know and now they're like the the harsh reality for everyone else in the nfc is that the bears are very likely to make the playoffs at this point like they would have to go five and you know what five and six or something they'll still probably make it i i don't know i think that they're in a spot where they're a team that everyone's going to probably want to play at that point but this defense like you know winning breeds success and you know confidence and I think that they are getting there and this is with a first year quarterback without a, a huge piece of their puzzle in Tariq Cohen so I do think that the Bears have something going on but I agree I think that the Panthers are better just a better offense and I like them at home here in this game yeah and Nick Foles I, I, I he looked so bad in the first half of that game Ugh. I just think he's one of those guys that is a better second half when he plays mm-hmm. with the lead or, or, or when the game is close, you know, I just yeah, I feel like agreed. he looked so, I was like, we were ta- texting in our, our group text. I was like laughing about how bad Nick Foles was. And then in the second half, he made some big plays. I mean, he, that, that throw to, to David Montgomery to seal it. I mean, that, that's a big game throw and totally, you know, he's, yep. he's, he's certainly not good four quarters of the game and he's not somebody that you want to have to Unless win games away. Yeah, unless you unless you have somebody that you want to win games like a Pat Mahomes or a Russell Wilson, mm-hmm. but he's certainly uh, the type of quarterback that can be serviceable on a team with a good defense. And the Bears, you know, all they they're they're like a kind of more of a bend don't break this year where they 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 do make big plays in big spots. But if they if their defense can continue to improve and and put more complete performances together, 
uh, and, and Foles can do just enough to, to, to keep game, games close, they should win games like this. So I, I'm, this is an interesting one for me. I, it's hard for me to say for sure you know, where I land, but I think I, think I believe in Carolina. You know, maybe that's recency bias, but I, I believe yeah. in the way this offense is playing. Yeah, I agree. I agree completely with everything you said. I'm I'm fascinated by how Carolina looks. If they win this, they're four and two, and then they bring back their best player. I mean, that is yeah, that's, that's crazy, crazy to me that that's possible. And Mike Davis has looked great in his stead. Yeah, yep, he really has. Crazy. All right, let's move on and get this out of the way. The Cincinnati Bengals are eight point underdogs in Indianapolis. Boy, and then this team is a mess after that loss to the Ravens. I mean, we were all high on their first win as Bengals fans, and you know, Bavada's probably got it right. The Colts are big favorites here. The Bengals' defense did didn't look as bad as the score would suggest against Lamar Jackson. To your point, aren't you? But you know, AJ Green, it, it, there was no effort. It sounded like he may have tweaked a hamstring again. You know, he does come out. Uh, I think it was today in his press conference and say he wants to be there. He's working on developing chemistry with Joe Burrow. Zach Taylor said they want to get him the ball. Joe Burrow said in his press conference he's going to make sure he, he works harder to get him the ball and get him involved. But it's got to be frustrating. And then you know everything else when when that when that passing offense isn't working and you have to rely on Mixon, a team like the Colts is going to sniff that out. I expect the Colts to cover. Uh, you know, I would hope that Burrow has a bounce back game, but I just think this Colts defense is. Is going. I mean, I think everybody knows they're good, but this Colts team in general kind of going under the radar, especially coming off a loss. Yeah, I I don't disagree with anything you said. Obviously, can't speak to the Bengals stuff, the AJ Green stuff as well as you can. I that throw over the middle of the pick was just man, like yeah, maybe he hurt himself, but that was pathetic. That effort after very on AJ Green like in my mind, but um, you know I. I I thought that the Bengals defense there there it went kind of viral this week how well that defense played against Lamar Jackson and again maybe some of that is Jackson being banged up but they had some stuff ready for him that either he wasn't prepared for or they just played well against him and I think I, I mean I don't know we'll we'll have to see what carries over in future weeks whether it was Jackson or more of the Bengals defense but I will say this Phil Rivers looks horrible like absolutely yeah, terrible that's true. and and I mean I, I think that like this game, the under would be something I'd be looking at. And the way to beat a good defense, and I do think that the Colts are a very good defense, the way to beat a good defense like this is to just spread it out and toss the ball around and, and pick on their backups, backups, you know, in terms of their, their corners. And I think that that's something that, uh, you know, like having good slot receivers like Tyler Boyd really is going to help. And I think that it makes the game, it levels the playing field a little. So I do like the Bengals with the spread. Uh, I don't know that they're going to go in there and win after the loss to your point. But Correct. Like, I, I do like them to cover that because I don't see that big of a difference between those two teams. I hope you're right. Uh, they have been pretty good against the spread this year, have the Bengals. Yeah, so. Joey covers. Yeah. I, dude, what is going – They're the Bengals offensive line might be the worst unit in Ever. football of any of any unit in Ever. football. It's so – it's so bad – they couldn't even drop back against the Ravens. Like poor Burrow, I it just he got killed, man, it's, and he's he been getting killed. I mean, you you take away the Jaguars game where he only gets sacked once late, and he just gets killed every single game, and it's brutal yeah. to watch. I don't I gotta don't, try someone. And else and, and, and it's point. it's not like the the hardest part about it is like watching Zach Taylor. He's like almost apologetic about it. He's like yeah. he pretends like the the offensive line doesn't have issues. Like he will work to get better. I, I'm sick of him. He needs to go. I think he's a bad coach. I think he's a bad in-game coach. I think he's bad when it comes to personnel. 
as we've seen with the receiving core at times. I mean, Auden Tate wasn't even playing in the first game. He comes out and makes circus catches every time he's been on the field since. I just, mm-hmm. I think it's, I mean, it's probably too early, especially for the Bengals. He'll probably be there a decade from now, but it's probably, it's probably time to start thinking about moving on, especially when these other yeah. teams are getting out from under their horrible coaching. Well, you've, you've got the gift of Burrow. Like you have to, take advantage of it and not blow it and not potentially even lose him or ruin imagine his career. Like, imagine bringing in Eric Bieniemy and, and, and tying yeah. him to Burrow for the next decade. Oh, man. Yeah. I, there's, but Zach Taylor's yeah. the quarterback whisperer that's getting his quarterback <laughs> killed. Oh yeah. It, that's, it's not working out. They got it. They have to figure out something or legitimately Burrow's just going to miss the second half of the season. And it might be for the best just so they can get like a good offensive lineman and then a new coach potentially and then move on. I'd be good with that. All right, we'll move on to another AFC North matchup. We've got the Browns-Steelers. Is this like the game of the week right now? You've got the Steelers at 4-0, the Browns 4-1. Steelers three-and-a-half-point favorites on Bovada. A lot of people expect this to be a shootout. I'm actually surprised 51's the number. I would have expected this to be a little higher. But we don't know if Baker Mayfield's going to play. And Odell Beckham might have COVID. So those are maybe why the line hasn't moved as much there. Well, and I think that both these defenses aren't bad. You know, like, I mean, they've both given up some points, certainly, in, in the last few weeks they've done that. But, I, I mean, you're right, though. The Steelers' offense has been insane. Like, if it's not Deontay Johnson, it's Chase Claypool. I don't know what the hell happened there, but they are – Where is Juju? They're just able – yeah, Juju's just gone gone and forgotten. But, yeah, there's – Ebron's getting touches. Like, they're all they're all eaten. And uh, I don't know. that It's – it's a tough spot for for the Browns defense, but they have again they have played pretty well aside from really that late Cowboys comeback. I think their defense has been pretty good, and obviously the Ravens game, which was an embarrassment. But you know this, I, I don't know. I think that the line should be probably right at three, unless if Beckham's out, all bets are off. I mean that's fair, um, especially if you because like if you take out Chubb, you take out Beckham. I do think Baker plays, um, and then you know and then Landry's playing at like you know, 75%. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know how they win this game. So maybe it should be three if everyone's healthy. If not, I think the Steelers blow them out. Yeah. I feel like the Steelers schedule was set up nicely for them to start this year. And I just, minus the COVID game. Yeah. Besides that, but that, I mean, they got a week of rest because of it. Yeah. That would have been a great game. I would have loved to see that one now, but yeah, yeah. we'll see it soon. But yeah, <laughs> the Steelers definitely, I mean, unfortunately, Big Ben is, looking revitalized. I hate calling him that. God, I can't believe I did that. <laughs> I can't believe you just did that. Oh, wow. God, that was horrible. Uh, speaking of oh. games that were postponed because of COVID, we've got Denver at New England. Uh, it, it kind of worked out well for both teams. It sounds like Drew Locke practiced in full the last couple of days. He should be back under center for the Broncos instead of ripping. Um, and then you've got your boy Cam uh, Newton, who should be back. I think he started back at practice today, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. The Patriots... Nine-and-a-half-point favorites. I mean, nobody thinks the Broncos are going to win this game. But New England, you know, I, I don't know. I, it, the backfield's hard to figure out. Their receiving core is just pathetic. But they're going to win football games with Cam Newton. And that defense, you know, even with all the guys who opted out this year, is still a really strong defense. I, I think they come out, and I think they cover this against the Broncos. What are your thoughts, Anju? Yeah, I completely agree. I think, you know, if Locke plays, and it does seem like you said that he will, yeah, I mean, that helps a little. That gives them a snip of a chance. But I just, they're, you know, he comes back to a roster that probably won't have Noah Fant, for sure doesn't have Cortland Sutton, 
I mean, Melvin Gordon's drunk, drunk driving all over Denver. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think Philip Lindsay's back though. Philip Lindsay's back. Yeah, that's a huge one. I, I don't know. I, I see the Patriots blowing the doors off him. I think Cam, after a week off, he's basically had three weeks off now. Um, you know, I, I fully expect him to dominate this game. So I'm all over New England here. This is, a, this is my survivor pick this week. Yeah, I think that's a good one. Uh, I think that's a, a safe bet there. What about mm. Detroit-Jacksonville? This is kind of a dumpy matchup. Um, I think Detroit, <laughs> though, is is better than their record suggests. They're 1-3. The Jaguars, I, I don't think they're better than their record suggests. And you have DJ Chark, who has been hurt, and it's it's unknown whether he'll get on the field this week. I do like this matchup for James Robinson. I think the, the Lions are a very Swiss cheesy defense when it comes to sure. stopping the run, and I think he'll get chances out of the backfield. But I just – this is a game that – it's one of those games that, like, it'll be on the red zone, and, yeah, I've, that game's going on. But I, I don't I don't know that anybody's really too concerned about what's going to happen in this game. Yeah, agreed. I mean, Lions, if they lose this, they're dead. They're three and a half, they're the favorite. I forgot to mention that here on Bovada. Ooh, three and a half on the road. Okay, I do like the Jaguars to cover that. I don't think there's that big of a difference between these two teams to make it. Basically, they're implying the lines are five or six points better. I do think that I agree they're better than their record shows. They should have beaten the Bears. Um, you know, with Galladay, they've been a much better offense. Um, you know, they should have beaten the Saints, too. I mean, th- this could be a very different-looking season for the Lions, as it seems like is tradition for them. But, you know, I, I do think that, that that's too many points. Um, of deference to the Lions, so I do think the Jags cover. But, yeah, this is one of those where I don't own, like, any players on either of these teams aside from Robinson and A-League, I think. And so it's like, you're right, this game will be the one that goes is, like, 35-32, and suddenly everyone's watching it, but no one really cares about the result because it's not going to matter in the end. Yep, that's a good point. Good way of putting it. Texans-Titans, this is another AFC South battle. We know we love those AFC South battles. Andrew, I, I, I'm starting to think that the Titans might be for real, and this is one of those trap games where I think that the, the AFC South yeah. will, will rear its ugly head and the Texans will come out and upset them. And I'm, I'm, it's it, like you would think this line at three and a half after what the Titans did to Buffalo on, on Tuesday night, you would think that this should be like eight. It's three yeah. and a half, and they're at home, and they have fans at the games, and everybody's basically coming back from COVID. So I don't know. I, I just feel like it's a trap game. I, I hate to say it. I, I think Houston stinks, but I think they're going to win this game. Wow. Yeah, it's a stinky line, that's for sure. Like, that that line should be six. So I will use my brain here and say the Titans, but I agree that there's just too much weirdness with a trap game where – that would scare me to, to gamble on this one. Vegas always knows. And so um, that would that would scare me off a little bit. But, it, yeah, I don't know of anyone on the Titans that, you know, adds value to them that's not playing. I mean, maybe Corey Davis, I guess. But yeah. I think that he'd be back. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I The Titans come off the mat and win last week after that murderer's row early. And maybe this is kind of a nod to that, that the first four games were just brutal for them. But I don't know. I, I mean, the Titans the, – Tight, ugh, the Texans did not look good early last week either, so I'm not exactly ready to to say that they're back by any means either. Yeah, and I I still think they are horrible, but I just I just I, there's something about the AFC South and yeah. you know, this this part of the season. <laughs> so true. It's just it's going to happen. Watch, just watch it happen, mm-hmm. and we'll be talking next week, and uh, I'll probably be saying you're right. So <laughs> <laughs> no, I but you but you are agreeing. You're like this. Like, in your head, you're thinking right. the Titans are definitely way better, but this is just classic, yeah, 
AFC South going to AFC South. I got you. Yep. And and we talk about the AFC South of the NFC, which is the NFC East. And then we (laughs) finally round out week six is 12 o'clock games. I feel like there were like 100 12 o'clock games because there's no Thursday night. You've only got two three o'clock games. And then you've got the, the two, the two Monday night games this week and the Sunday night, which we'll get to, but the Washington football team, I'm really getting sick of saying that they need to get a mascot. It's absurd. Uh, against the New York giants. I just, this game is just throw up, vomit all over everything. The giants are two and a half point favorites at home, which MetLife stadium's gotten half the league injured at this point. I just, this game is so disgusting. The, the over under 43 here on Bovada. I just, I can't think of a game that I hope doesn't pop up on red zone or, or, you know, Sunday ticket one time because we'll be glued to so many others in this time slot. This is just going to be an afterthought. I would hope, right? This is the game where like, if you woke up on Friday and found out that someone had COVID, it'd be like this one. Thank God. Yeah. We don't have to, we don't have to subject ourselves to that's like watching a horror movie when you're, you hate them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I do think there's value here though on the, on the Washington football team and that like, I don't the Giants are horrible. They're a, an awful team. I know that they almost won in Dallas last week, but not to say that Washington's any good, but they're at least like, you know, they've at least shown a flash or two of being an okay team. This is, ugh, crap. yeah, let's just move on. This is a horrible game. Yeah, it's not, it's just not worth it. Dwayne Haskins, no one wants to trade for him either. So that team, I just, ugh, Washington, ugh, Giants, yeah, stop. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But that does take us to an important game on the on the slot, and that's uh, the Green Bay Packers and the Bucks. Uh, you know, I, I I wanted to go to Jets Dolphins first, but I, I want to spend a little time on this game because this is the game of the week, and it is the Buccaneers coming off of a tough loss. They'll be at home, and the Packers coming off of a bye, getting healthy. They'll get Devontae Adams back. I expect them to make the Buccaneers defense look worse than it is. And they come in as road favorites, one-point road favorites on Bovada. Big number, 55-and-a-half. A lot of points are going to be scored Oof. in this game, you would expect. And Aaron Rodgers, I mean, you're waiting for a game where it's like, is Aaron Rodgers washed like he was last year a little bit? Or is this guy completely and all the way back? And I think that he might be if they do that again this game. Yeah, I agree. I mean, these these Bucks have put up a pretty good, impressive showing defensively in terms of the rankings. They're in the top five pretty much across the board. Um, and that's despite the fact that they're passing the ball quite a bit offensively, which usually, you know, makes your yardage rankings drop. And, you know, part of that's because of the schedule they've had. But Bucks are, you know, they're going to be a playoff team, obviously, as long as Brady's healthy and, and the Packers seem like they're on their way too. I Yeah, I think it's a great test. And I agree. Like, we had the Josh Allen show for the first four weeks, and that was all cute and fun. Maybe he's like an MVP candidate. That went out the window on Tuesday night. And I think that Rodgers, like, if he wants to hang in this Wilson, probably Mahomes in the end conversation, I, I mean, I expect him to do to do good things here, especially with Adams back. To put up the numbers he has without him, I think is just so impressive. And uh, yeah, like I'm I'm very very excited that after two weeks, this is the game we get for Green Bay. So pretty pumped about it. And uh, you know, it's just weird because the last we saw of the Bucks, as we talked about earlier, is that Thursday night loss to the Bears. I feel like with Godwin back, it's going to be a completely different looking Tampa team this Sunday. Yeah, I think that uh, it's an important opportunity for the Buccaneers to bounce back because we, you know, we talked about them having an opportunity to really jump out. And now if they lose this game, they're three and three. And that's a huge, that's a big difference. Now we're talking about whether or not Tampa Bay is a playoff team because it doesn't get a lot easier in that division. You mentioned Carolina being on a tear and, and, you know, them being kind of a problem for the, the teams in this division. 
you know, New Orleans is not going to be an easy win. And, and the Falcons, they, they tend to win a game uh, where they shouldn't. Yeah. And, and you wouldn't yep. be surprised to see that happen. So it, Those it's are big, easy games. Exactly. Yeah. It's a big game for, for the Bucks, And, you know, the Green Bay, if they win this game, we're starting to talk about whether they're the class of the NFC. And we might already think that. So and a real yeah. opportunity here for your, your Packers to, to really – make a statement against a, a solid defense. And I think that they'll have a, a good chance to do it. All right, let's move on to the last three o'clock game before getting to the night games. We've got the Jets and Dolphins, aren't you? I, I, not much to talk about here other than the Jets are an absolute disgrace and Adam Gase needs to be fired yesterday and their running back is 75 years old. And the Dolphins, <laughs> if they win this game, which they will, they're three and three. Oh, and we're man. talking about the Dolphins potentially being in the playoff picture. That's, I think, why Le- Le'Veon Bell was potentially considering it. I mean... If they get to three and three, Fitzpatrick could play the whole season as the quarterback of this team with Tua still, you know, on the mend. I guess at least from the coach's perspective, uh, Brian mm-hmm. Flores from that hip injury. So the Dolphins nine and a half point favorites here on Bovada. I expect them to cover. I think the Dolphins make a statement in this game against Joe Flacco. Yeah, <laughs> this was the other thought I had for Survivor, and I yeah. mean, I can't believe I even consider the Dolphins. Um, I just feel like they're not that good. I, I just cannot believe that they did what they did to the Niners last week. And it's hard for me to it's hard for me to, to have them covering that number against any team, even this just horrible, horrible Jets team. Um, but like it's it's just so funny because remember last week we were talking about before it that Fitzpatrick might get benched. I mean it's right. one week changes everything, you know, and before that we were saying, Oh, do you remember that Thursday night game? He was like running around like a kid out there, you know, and I mean, it just fluctuates so much. That is the Ryan Fitzpatrick experience, and it always has been. Yeah. And I'm, I, I, I know mean, I know it all too well. It's the Fitzpatrick <laughs> and the Jameis experience. So you don't know whether yes. they're going to throw 10 picks and get benched or have five touchdowns and win your league week that for you that week. That was the most ridiculous first half of a season ever, like just the both of them back and forth. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I expect that the – Everything in my brain says Dolphins win, Dolphins cover, but you just—I just can't say that they're that good yet to cover. It's like the, the Jets. Point. It's the they're Jets. They're so bad. How can you imagine the Jets getting anything going offensively? Just not. I not you just can't. like that. That Fitzpatrick does the Fitzpatrick thing, bad fits, and throws a couple picks. That could happen. Like a 17, that could happen. Thirteen game. But the Jets know, aren't that. scoring points. <sighs> yeah, probably not. I actually like the under. I think Minnesota. Yeah. I, think, I think Miami wins this game like twenty-seven to seven. Yeah, that's uh, that's probably what should happen. But yeah. All right, Anshu. Th- these last games. I mean, there's some big ones here in the night games. We've got the Rams and 49ers. This would have been a huge marquee matchup early in the season. I think it's still a big game. But the Niners are kind of in desperation mode. Uh, they need to win. They're two and three. The mm-hmm. Rams looking good, but they still need to figure some things out too. They they have a messy backfield. Uh, you know, Goff has still shown some inconsistencies. This is a this is a big game here on Sunday night for both of these teams. How do you see it shaking out? Uh, by the way, Ram, Rams three and a half point road favorites. I think I think they should be bigger favorites, honestly. After what we saw, last really week. on the road. I, I think that it's a nod to last year. I I mean, I got it. This is almost a last gasp game for the Niners. I, I know that it would only be two and four. They'd have time. They've been unhealthy. But man, like if they lose this, I think that we can officially bury them. I, I already pretty much assume they can't even they can't win the division for sure. They probably can't make the playoffs. Um, but you know, if they win this, they're kind of back in the picture, obviously. And it would just be so NFL for them to lose whatever by thirty or whatever to the um 
to the Dolphins and then come off the mat and do this. But yeah, I, I'm really interested in it. I'm going to take the Niners as home dogs because I don't think they're over a touchdown worse than the than the Rams. But I I honestly expect to be wrong because the Rams, you know, it, it's everything we talked about coming into the season that the Rams are a team that's a total buy low and these these Niners are just a huge sell high. I think the Rams are going to kill the Niners. I think the Niners' defense wow. is frauds at this point. I think Cam Akers is going to have his coming out party finally. I I, I, Ugh, I, I, I truly believe he – I mean, he had a 40-yard run last week that was late in the game and mat- mattered none. But uh, I think – McVay wants it so bad. He dude. does. You rarely see him say stuff like, he's getting more, you know. Yeah, and I, I think this is the game where he, where he has his coming out party, and I think this is the game where we bury the Niners and, and no longer – pretend like their defense is going to continue to be what it was last year because it just simply mm. isn't. If you if you let Fitzpatrick do that to you on your field with the supporting cast that he has, you are no longer an elite defense. I don't care. There's, there's obviously fluky games, but you cannot. And they could have scored 100 points in that game if they just kept their foot on the gas. Like oh, they, they just stopped stopped trying to get first downs. And they still were getting field goals at the end of the game. They kicked like four field goals in the third and fourth quarter. So I, yeah. I, I just, I just, Man. I think, I think, uh, I think the Rams come out and they take care of business. I, I like the call and, and you know, giving the, the Niners one more chance to prove prove me wrong. But I just, I think I'm out on them. I think Garoppolo is being exposed, and obviously the injury helps that exposure. But they, they Mullins, you know. Bethard, whatever they throw out there is just not going to be good. And when you when you put that Rams front, you know, with with Aaron Donald and company on on bad quarterbacks who are kind of beat up, and then you mm-hmm. have Jalen Ramsey point. just absolutely, you know, shutting down whoever it is, whether it's Debo or Ayuk, you know, Kittle will probably do some damage. But I just I think the Rams are going to I think they're going to make a statement here and improve to five and one. Oof, they scare me. But yeah, I, I I agree. I think they've got stuff to clean up, but. I love the idea that this could be the Acres breakout. I, I totally can see that. It's happening. I'm calling it. Yeah, I love it. I'm, I'm with you. All right, Chiefs-Bills, another big game. The Bills need to jump back off the mat, but so do the Chiefs. These, these two teams were both undefeated a week ago, uh, and now we're looking at both of them being 4-1. and one. Kansas City five-point road favorites on Bovada. What a difference Le'Veon Bell not being able to play in this game for either team no matter what made on this line. <laughs> 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 I oh man 57 and a half big, big number half. this feels like you know we we said I we said that that Ravens Chiefs game was going to be like the the game of the year the way that we've had it the last few like Rams Vikings one year and you know Chiefs Rams last year or two years ago I think and I think this is going to be that where it's just the scoreboards exploding and I like the Bills to cover. I don't think they're that much worse. I mean, I think that Josh Allen showed more of like what he is last week. And I don't, he's not that bad, but he's not nearly as good as his numbers were inflated before then. So somewhere in the middle. And I expect that middle to still produce a ton of points because talk about backfield messes, man. Like had Le'Veon, I think if Le'Veon went to the Bills, that was the biggest like shift in terms, the b- biggest potential shift in terms of like the playoff picture. Because if he was as good as he can be on that team, I think it makes it a super interesting AFC. And now, like to me, it's just a foregone conclusion. So, um, I, but I'm going to be fascinated by it. Is are we 100 percent sure Le'Veon's not playing for the Chiefs this week? Yeah, he has to have five consecutive negative 
tests with the new COVID guidelines in order to uh, play. So he won't be able to play you. in this game. He will be able to play next week, uh, which, you know, if you've got Clyde Edwards-Elaire in fantasy, oh, which I know so many people that listen to this show do, you mm-hmm. you hope that this guy goes off against Buffalo. Yes. You, I mean, you, you need him yeah. to have the best game of anybody's career because if he doesn't, if he continues to struggle between the tackles and short yardage and goal line situations like oh, he has man. these past few weeks – Le'Veon's going to come in and get – he's going to get the early down work. He's going to get the goal line work. And his specialty in his career has been pass catching out of the backfield, right? And that's mm-hmm. what Edwards Elaire you would hope he does. So you, mm-hmm. you need a big game out of Edwards Elaire, or he could be he could be he could go from high end RB one coming into the season in fantasy to RB three, maybe, or even worse oh. as the season goes on. I mean that's 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 a big, big shift in your in your fantasy uh, lineup. I think he I think he has two to three weeks to show how good he is and if he doesn't get it done by then there's a there's a chance that this thing shifts completely. But I like I said, I think that their plan is to use him a good amount still. I, I do sure. think that they'll use both. And I and I like I said, I think that Bell will be a big part of this offense down the line if he is the Bell that we remember from three years ago. Um but you know, we haven't seen that guy in a while either. So I, I don't know. I Yes, but if this Steelers offense isn't even what the Steelers had, and he had eighteen hundred yards three out of the five years he was there. Yeah. This Can't offense is probably four times more explosive than the than the, the Steelers were at their best, and they had Antonio oh, Brown yeah. and Le'Veon Bell, right? I just, yeah, I just, yeah, I, I don't. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we don't we don't know until we see how much he has left in the tank, and I'm speculating, and part of me is hopeful, but I, you know, I just, I, I think he is far more talented than than Adam Gase gave him credit for. And I think Adam Gase intentionally, uh, you know, stunted his growth or his his potential in, in New York. I mean, he clearly had a vendetta against him, didn't give him the touches he wanted. I mean, it was just a horrible marriage. And I think Le'Veon Bell's motivation now is to prove that he still has it left in the tank. And I think that's why he was willing to sign a one-year deal when he could have signed a longer-term deal with Miami for more money. Yeah, and I, he could have been the guy there, but I think that he knew. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with any of what you said, and uh, it's there's definitely like a range of outcomes where Bell becomes the bell cow in this offense and is just completely dominant in every way. And I know that excites you as an owner of his in our league, but it's we'll see, we'll see how that goes. I, I still think you'll see a lot about those guys, but you know when you think of the Chiefs, um, you know, and that creative offense. There's not – I mean, there's opportunity there still for another guy Absolutely. to step up. Absolutely. So, like, it's not just a running back. Like, again, like, I think that he could, you know, Hardman and Robinson they and Watkins even, they get touches. But you get Bell in there, and those touches disappear for those guys. And I can see a lot of situations where they have both Edwards, Elaire and Le'Veon Bell on the field at the same time. Yeah, lining that's one what I was saying. The hunt, the yep. hunt chub thing exactly. is, is yep. real. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, let's round things out with the Cardinals Cowboys. Obviously, this is Dalton's first chance to show what he can do, and oh, he comes on in Monday night. Mr. On Monday, Monday night. night. Yeah, Andy Dalton in prime oh, time. Oh boy. Hopefully, a star oh, no. on his helmet looks better than stripes. Uh, but uh, the, the Cardinals one and a half point favorites on the road. I mean, this is a big game for both of these teams. On you, I know mm-hmm. we said that about a lot of the games this weekend because there was a lot of good ones on the docket. And this is the part of the season where you start to see what teams are made of. The Cardinals have mm-hmm. been very inconsistent this year. You know, Kenyon Drake's looked horrible fantasy-wise, and the Cowboys, do the weapons that they have offensively take a fantasy dip or stay about the same with Andy Dalton? So it's a lot a lot to unwrap with this one, but uh, 
Uh, Bovada, like I said, one and a half in the 55 point over under. It's a fun game for a Monday night. Yeah, I love the Cardinals here. Um, but I, I do think it's going to be a really fun game. And again, Dalton has such a great opportunity to really just to, you know, to give to change the narrative on him, you know, and then no one knows that better than you as a Bengals fan. And, I, and like it's set up nicely for him. I don't really drop anyone that much. I I mean, I obviously traded Michael Gallup in our league. I, I think that that's the one dude, even though he had a good finish with Dalton, that probably takes a hit just as like a, a perimeter guy in my mind. And, and Dalton Schultz, too, I think is going to coincidentally Dalton is not going to get the uh, the same amount of targets that he had with Dak just because I don't think they'll spread it out and pass as much. So there won't be as many targets to go around. But like, you know, Zeke arrows up, I think. And, you know, and obviously CeeDee Lamb is an incredible talent that I think Dalton will be forced to feed for good reason. And then Amari Cooper is Amari Cooper. So I like I don't think there's a huge, huge drop off, as we said, like it, it, there's not a huge drop off from Dak to Dalton. And I, I talent wise. And I also think that the offense is still going to be somewhat similar. They're not going to just suddenly turn around and hand off the ball a million times. So. I mean, I'm just I'm really anxious to see this game on both ends, because like you said, like I do think it's kind of like a turning point of both a pivot point for both team seasons. Agreed. All right. We've got the four buys this week, too. uh, So it was a little gave us an opportunity to have a little shorter show and uh, not much. Still still ran an hour on you guys, but hopefully you found some value. Hopefully you found some pointers for this weekend. If fantasy wise, you're listening for that reason. Otherwise, hopefully you're looking forward to a big week six as we both are. Anything you want to balls, add? Thank you. Yeah, exactly. Get, get on that manscaped order. 20%. Remember that fantasy hour, but, uh, <laughs> for Anshu Kana, I am Josh Dunn. We're excited for week six. As you can tell, we'll see you next time. Our time has come to an end on the underdog sports fantasy hour.